Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instructions, and we, we hope to do it in a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Uh, Each week I give a special shout out to our producer, Elijah Merrill. Uh, Thank you for everything that you do. If it weren't for him, uh, this podcast would not be happening. And so if there's anything good, uh, give him that credit. And if anything uh, you say is less than that, um, I'll take the responsibility for that. But thanks for for being a part of this podcast, for listening. Your time is important, so the time you invest with us is something we we appreciate so much. Well, I have been looking forward to the to the guest we have uh, this week and next. Um, pastor Dave Wright is the worship art pastor here at Crosswinds, and Dave, it is, it is great to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an honor to sit across from you here. I, I, I said before we even started uh, in our conversation before the podcast, you and I probably have the most uh, polarized position in, in the church. Um, most people uh, know how we should do our job uh, better than us, and and and, uh, and maybe even more with you because of music. Everyone has their own idea of music and all those things. We'll get into that in just a bit, uh, probably a little more on next week's podcast. But but it is great to be able to have a comrade, uh, if you will, in, in ministry who understands, yeah. uh, you know, uh, God. You know, people come and say, "I know what God's will is for you as a pastor," and so it, it is great. Great to have you here, and you know you're, you're gonna you're gonna catch Dave's heart. You know there there are many a worship pastor out there who who like to worship, but not necessarily to pastor. And you are truly a worship pastor. You're raising up uh, worship leaders here at the church, and uh, I just appreciate your heart in that. That you are a worship leader, but you are a uh, a developer of worship leaders, and 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 what an amazing job you do with that. But that that's that's for probably more next week as we talk about sort of the ministry of being um, the Crosswinds uh, worship arts pastor. But but as 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 we start, I'd like to ask this question, especially of of, of my colleagues. How did you get connected to Crosswinds? Well, uh, I was at a church in Texas, and. Uh... I felt God calling me on to whatever was next, right? And he made that clear to me that it was it was time to find whatever was next. And uh, um, I started, you know, applying for jobs online and just looking for uh, whatever church jobs around the nation. And my wife, Heather, is the one who stumbled upon uh, the job posting for Crosswinds and gave it to me and said, I really think you should apply for this. And she said something to the effect of, you sound like a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, I read it and I was a little intimidated by the first, uh, uh, the in-depth uh, uh, posting from Pastor Betty and stuff, but I applied nonetheless. And and uh, fast forward a little bit and talking with Betty on the phone um, and different things, and she's telling me... Um, we will, you know, if things progress, we'll look at maybe flying you guys out there at a later date and stuff. And so that was all good. And then my wife went to visit some friends in, in Kansas and uh, the Herreras. And they, Janetta Herrera worked at a church with your friend Ken, and uh, which I didn't even know. And so they hung out for a weekend. And so this is all my wife's uh, doing that, that I'm here, <laughs> honestly. 
And uh, so she hung out with Ken, and they just got to know each other. And uh, and pretty soon, you got a phone call or a text from Ken saying you should really take a look at these at the at the, the right family. I yes. believe it was something like that. And and uh, so pretty soon, I got a, a call from Betty that was you know down the road we would fly you out, but to 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 visit the church. And it was it was uh, that was the next step. Suddenly was we are ready to fly you out. <laughs> and so um, thanks to my wife for making this. Absolutely, My absolutely. Wife and, Ken. and I remember when we, when we realized that connection was pretty wild. But then, uh, as you were here, I think you were you were sort of checking out the church. We were checking out all that type of stuff, and we found out that I had pastored thirty minutes from your uncle. That's right. Yes, who had just come off the mission field, and he was pastoring in Cumberland, uh, Wisconsin. And I was in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. That's right. Yep. And we had that connection. Then I found out after that. I mean, it's like this big world becoming smaller. Mm-hmm. That the other connection was that a student who I had when I was a student pastor, who now is a good friend of mine, Josh. His wife is your cousin. She's my cousin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I, I think you knew her parents too, Jim Absolutely. and Absolutely, yeah, we were in the same district back in the day too. Yeah, everybody, if you're listening, you might not know, but the Wesleyan Church is is kind of ridiculously small sometimes for pastors. <laughs> like we just, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody, and it's it's like the six. Things that Kevin Bacon, yeah, but yeah it's, absolutely, uh, but it's pastors, absolutely. But as we started to share, we're like, I mean, I know that person. You're like, you were related to half these people, so it's just, <laughs> it's just pretty cool. And and, and and you know, you've been here at Crosswinds how long? Uh, almost four and a half years. Now. Four and a half years. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and and what a what a blessing it is to have you here. Um, share with me your your story. Let, let's go back. You know, that's how you connected to Crosswinds, and but more importantly, share with me your story of your coming to receive Christ as, as Lord and Savior. Yeah, well, uh, as the saying might go, I was born and raised Wesleyan. Um, I've been attending Wesleyan churches since I was in my mom's tummy, and uh, and so born and raised Wesleyan. But uh, you know, so grew up and ex- accepted Jesus at an early age, four or five, uh, kindergarten age, and um, I would say, you know, being a kindergartner didn't understand Jesus' blood and some of those things succinctly, and so. Um, while I'd say I was a Christian at that young of an age, when I was 12 is when I really knew what I was doing and made a conscious decision to maybe rededicate my life at that time, and I chose to get baptized at 12, and uh, it's been... And we see that quite since. a bit, right? And I, just speaking to, to parents out there, they may be first-generation Christian parents, and uh, you know it's common when you're quote-unquote raised in the church that you may come to an early saving knowledge of Christ. You know, right. and, and and then uh, there's a recommitment time later, just because of just cognitively you understand more than you did then, mm-hmm. and you realize it. Yes, and, and so that that's 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 not out of the norm. Um, and uh, you know, if you're out there thinking through those things, especially I, what I mean by a first generation Christian parents, if you don't have the lineage that some mm-hmm. people do, I you know, Krista and I, Krista came from a Christian family. I, I did not. I came from a good family. Um, but I came to Christ when I was five. They came to Christ when I was fifteen, and so there were things I had to learn what norm was in the church yeah, right. because I just didn't I didn't know that mm-hmm. stuff. So so talk to me a little bit about your Christian journey. Then you come to Christ young, make this recommitment at twelve. Well, what, what's your growth like in Jesus? You know, you're raised. Is that fair to say raised in the church? Yep. Yeah, it is. And, and so talk mm-hmm. a little bit about spiritual disciplines, mentors. You know, what, what's that journey like for you? Yeah, well, when the church doors were open, my family was there, whether I wanted to be or not, you know, as a <laughs> as a teenager. Um, but I think I had the typical – I went to 
you know, Christian youth camps. And uh, for anybody that hasn't attended those, what typically happens is most people there, you know, they, they make these commitments while they're at camp and they leave camp on fire for God. And then about two weeks later, things kind of dull down and kind of back to regular life. And, and a lot of those things fall by the wayside. And that was definitely my story for many a youth camp. Uh, but then when I was 17, when I was a junior, after my junior year in high school, uh, that's where everything changed. I was at camp and there was a dynamic speaker and uh, God got to working on my heart and um, I left camp on fire for Christ and it's never gone away. Do you remember who the speaker was? Uh, his name was Adrian Dupree. Now this is crazy. This is going to blow people's mind because Adrian is not a Wesleyan. No, no. But Adrian and I go way back. Yeah? Yeah, way back to, I met Adrian when I was 21. Yeah. See, I had and, no idea. And so so there's another connection. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And so um I guess you know it turns out that was my my uh my moment in my crisis of entire sanctification as we call in the Wesleyan church but uh you know my road of sanctification of uh, of growing to be more and more uh, like Jesus. Yes, yeah. yes. And it just that fire lit and it hasn't gone out, you know, ever since. You know, we, we, you're the worship arts pastor here, and, and again, you know, we we'll intermix a little bit. We'll we'll probably do uh, next week. We'll probably have to do some uh, recap of, of some of these questions. But music's a big part of your life, and, and, yes. and your gifting. Um, you know, many people may not realize that not only are you gifted at singing and, and playing guitar, and but you write. You're you're a prolific writer. Uh, you know, just write amazing uh, worship songs. Uh, and so, how did music come into your life? You know, we... yeah. Well, uh, interestingly, I mean, besides, I like music, but <laughs> but I play it. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not gifted like you. you press so. play. Right? Yeah, I yeah. can do that. I can do that. <laughs> um, so I did not grow up playing instruments or singing outside of singing in my bedroom in the mirror every once in a while or whatever, you know, the typical person. But um, I, when I was 18, my friend got a guitar and I just, I got this fever for it, I guess. Of, I, was, I wanted to learn guitar. And so I told my parents that I wanted a guitar for Christmas, my, my senior year of high school. And uh, they got me a guitar from Sam's Club for $100. And it was, yeah. It was not a great guitar, but my parents, you know, being smart, they thought, well, he'll probably play this for a month and then never touch it again. So why should, you know, we don't want to spend too much. And so I played that thing until it broke and we took it in and changed it, exchanged it for a better guitar, I think two months later. And, and, uh, I've never stopped playing since. And so music just sort of became very big in my life and I just uh, caught a fever for it, but so were you not involved in music, like, within church or within school up until that point? No, no, not at all. Um, I definitely envied some of the guys I saw playing guitar and stuff. But no, I did nothing, um, and I didn't even play in front of anybody my senior year of high school probably until the very end. I remember one Sunday, you know, when we used to do special music at church, um, I played a special music on my guitar, and I sang a song. Um, and that would have been your debut? That was my debut. <laughs> Little did anybody know at that moment. Um, and I just sang it like an offertory special. Um, it was, I don't even remember the song. Wow. But it was fun, and, and I've just never stopped since then. And so kind of each, each church I've been at, because I've been at plenty, because uh, finding your place in church is kind of like being in the military sometimes, and you just you move a lot. Yeah. And so I've been kind of all over the country. Um, I've been everywhere as... Uh, 
you know, the song goes. <laughs> and every place I, I played, I did music with my friends in college. We were in a rock band and playing Christian music, but I didn't want to be a worship pastor at a church. And so I wanted to be a youth pastor. But beyond that, as, as uh, Pastor Craig would know, you kind of have to earn your stripes in the church. And so if you're Everybody kind of starts out as a youth pastor or something like that. You know, they don't give you the full reins typically. And so, but I wanted to be a youth pastor. And But everywhere I went, music got put on my plate, whether I wanted it or not. I was just the person who could do it. And uh, over time, that morphed into what I wanted to do. God made that love grow inside of me to to lead others in worship in the church. And that was that's what the biggest change was. And that was a surprise for you. Yes, it was. And, and youth ministry went went down the ladder, if you will, of, of importance to me, of my calling. Yeah. So talk about that journey a little bit. So so what happens then? So you, you now you're you're realizing that your call is worship arts, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not student ministry. So talk to me a little bit about that journey, you know, as as, as sort of because I've found in my life that God has led me thinking this is where he's going to take me. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he does that intentionally. And I'm heading that direction. Then he goes, well, wait a minute. I just wanted you to get here so I could take you over here. Yeah, that sounds, sounds familiar. And so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, so just I learned a lot, you know, being a youth pastor. And, and I'm rather introverted. And so there was a definite stretch of being a youth pastor a lot of times and, and how outgoing I think uh, youth pastors can be really effective when they're when they're outgoing and hanging out with the teens. And that was definitely something that was hard for me. And so I started to notice, oh, you know, maybe God's calling me to something else. And I, I maybe, hopefully I was better than I think I was, but, uh, you know, it definitely felt like I wasn't that great at it sometimes. Uh, but music just kept drawing me in and, and just feeling more and more like myself on stage, you know, like just the real me was coming out. And whether I wanted it to or not, you know, um, I wasn't a big fan of worship music for, you know, my college years and early in ministry. And, uh, but God developed that within me and, and brought it out, and it's what I love. And I just love connecting with, with, uh, with the congregation that we all just we, – we work together and we come before Jesus. And uh, it's just a really incredible time that uh, I, I love and I, I can't see myself not doing, I guess. When did you realize you had a gift for writing? Uh, partially in college. Um, my friend that I was in a band with, his name's Josh, and he was the one that wrote all the, the songs for our band, and I just wanted that. I watched him write songs, and I wanted that, so I, I forced myself to start doing it, and he would give me tips and tricks and, uh, and help grow me as a writer. And so there was actually one night in college where we didn't, we needed to record our band. We were going to record the next day, and we had this set of like five songs. But in that one night, we wrote uh, like nine songs between us, and uh, I wrote two or three, two and a half, and he wrote, you know, the other seven and a half. But but uh, that all like the next day, we put those all on the album and. Um, wow. That was the start of it. And so from there it went for – I found – I think worship music's actually e- easier for me to write than than non-worship music, it turns out. And so um, not that it's always easy. But I've just found that I have a niche for that and I like to do it and and uh, I like to bring that to – have the congregation join in something new. 
So if you haven't had the opportunity, not everyone who listens to the podcast is a part of Crosswinds. Um, so not everyone's had the opportunity to actually um, see you lead worship or play. And one of the things I enjoy uh, is when you're playing lead guitar. Now, maybe that's because I'm a product of the 80s, and, <laughs> and, and, and the 80s lead guitar ruled, right? Yes, it I mean, yes. it, it's just where it's at, right? Yes. And, and uh, anyone out there in the 80s, you know we have the best music ever. <laughs> and so that, that's sort of where it's at. But, but, but you really are a gifted lead guitarist. I'm guessing your first guitar was an acoustic. Yes. So talk yes. to me about that. When, when I just have to know your <laughs> you, the, the, the sort of you know the 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 birth story of the of the lead guitar guitarist that you are. How did that happen? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think back. Um, I just love your origin for, story. That's love what I was for trying all to get things at. music and, and just '80s guitar had a lot to do with it. And just falling in love with the guitar, I I never put the thing down, you know, and. Um, as Brian Adams says, played till my fingers bled. Like that's le- <laughs> that's legit. the summer of '69. Yes, I legitimately had that experience in uh, multiple times. Um, but it's just it just kept coming, and and I I wanted I don't know I wanted to do that lead guitar stuff. What I saw these I guess, you know suppose famous people doing, but uh, I just loved it. I loved the sound, all those things, and I just wanted to know how to do that. And so I just started teaching myself. And again, my friend Josh, the songwriter from my band, he was way better than me at guitar. He'd been playing 20 years by the time I about started. And so he could do some lead guitar stuff. And he, again, was instrumental in showing me, here, you can do this, you can do that. And But he didn't really care about that stuff. He just could. And so... Because he was super gifted, one of those, was, yeah. So <laughs> one of those. I people. just kind of it, it developed, and in, in I just uh, found a love for it, and that's pretty soon the main thing I wanted to do. I, I had spent all this money on a nice Taylor guitar in college, and pretty quick it just sat in my dorm room, and I I uh, just wanted to play electric, so I didn't even play that thing. And pretty soon I sold that and bought my gold top electric that I still have to this day that you've seen. Um, that was with the money from selling my Taylor. I got this Gibson Les Paul, and I've uh, been rocking ever since, if you will. But I remember I, I played, uh, I had a guy named Clayton that took me under his wing when I started college with worship leading, and he was very instrumental for me in, in learning a lot of stuff and how to lead, and uh, I've definitely thanked him for that over the years. But he, you know, we played acoustic together, and then he graduated and left, and he came back to college, and uh, I was playing lead guitar the next year, and after service, he came up and he was like, where did you learn how to do that? And I don't know. Just I guess it's just – it made sense. Yeah. So they, they, You know, they call that latent gifts. That, you know, they were just sitting there and, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't know you had them. And then once all of a sudden you realize you have them and, and God just take them places you just never, you know, never dreamt you could go. And, Absolutely. Uh, like I said, I love music. I love worshiping uh, and uh, with music, you know. Mm-hmm. So worship is a lifestyle. We get that, but when we, you, a lot of times in church, when we use the word worship, we're talking about music. Um, uh, shouldn't always make that as the only thing, but 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 sure. you know, um, I, I love singing worship. But no one's going to ask me to lead, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell people that all the time. I had someone uh, a couple weeks ago actually. Uh, they were next to me. They said, "Your your voice isn't that bad," and I said, "That's the way they said it. Your voice isn't that bad." Hmm. And I said, "I said, yeah, but no one's going to ask me to get up front." And they go, "No, no, that's true, but it's not as bad <laughs> as you say it is." And so that's sort of where I'm at. So I have a great respect for musicians and vocalists. I mean, because I, I love music, but I'm, that's not my thing. But it ministers to me. And, and, what, and I think it ministers to a lot of us. And, and I think of, you know, just the history of the church. 
You know, Martin Luther was big in saying, you know, whatever they're listening at the pubs, let's put that style of music mm-hmm. in church. And so people don't realize, like, the hymns were all pubs. A lot of them were pub songs that right. they just put Christian lyrics on. And, and so when people nowadays go, oh, well, that's just what they hear on the you know, that's not of God because it's on the, ra- you know, on the radio or, you know, on, on iTunes or, or whatever, Spotify. Um, you know, that, that's like the history of Protestantism uh, when it comes <laughs> right. to worship. You know, uh, Charles Wesley did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when you're, when you're talking about worship in church, and it's okay, different styles are fine. But one of the styles we've picked here is what we would call, I don't know what we call it, a contemporary style, I guess, for sure. lack of a yeah. better term. You know, similar to what you're going to hear on the radio today, you're going to hear here, but with using it to praise the Lord. And I love seeing people's faces when they're new to Crosswinds and come in and see you and the worship team um, lead us. And, and and I just have to say again, because if you haven't heard Dave play lead guitar, you got to. Um, <laughs> when you when you go for it, the the look on people's faces is is, is priceless, <laughs> especially new people because they're like, "Can you do that in church?" Right? They have yeah. they have an idea that you can't. That worshiping God has to be something that's not in our time. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, as far as the way that we express ourselves mm-hmm. in worship here, and again, I'm not against any style of worship. You mm-hmm. know, I, 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 whatever. I mean, whatever speaks to your, whatever your heart music language is, that's cool. But here, uh, we've taken to a much more contemporary, which means it's ever changing, right? right? So, you know, one of the things yes. I love, Dave, about your leadership is students are active in our. And when I mean students, I mean like high school students are active in the worship team. And so they speak into, you know, what we're, what we're doing here. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about this a little more next, next week as far as the way that you lead that within the church, because I talked about us having two of the more polarized <laughs> positions, because the reality of it, a lot of people will say, well, you should do this song or do it this way, or mm-hmm. you'll, do a, you'll do like a, a hymn that's redone you know, with an electric guitar and drums and things, and I'll say, but that's not the way I learned it, and so therefore it's wrong, and all that stuff. But but for you personally, I would assume being so gifted musically, music is a part of your discipleship journey. So talk to me about that a little bit, how, how God's used music in your life to grow you in Christ. Well, man, I can't imagine life without it, and... Um, uh, there's still, man, I'll just... There's a song that Alyssa Smith wrote called "Surrounded," uh, fight my battles, and we sang it just this last Sunday. And I was I had told you before that you know I had I met her in Texas. She that was her home church was where I was at, and so she would come and lead worship when I would go on vacation and stuff. And so I'm not like real close with her or something, but but I do know her and and uh, just. Songs like that, man, I still, as I sing them or I think about the lyrics and the way the, the, the music moves you, and like I tear up just thinking about it still to this day, songs like that. Or, um, man, I can't even think of some of the names of them, but there's just lyrics about Jesus and what he's done for us, and it still just like rocks me to my core while I'm leading them sometimes. I, I find myself choking up and I can't <laughs> I can't sing on stage sometimes or you know, just music moves. It moves the soul. And and uh it, it has moved my soul so much in my life that I can't imagine I can't imagine life without it. Yeah. 
there's a lot of songs that are throughout Scripture, but we have a whole book of songs called Psalms. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just powerful to look at um, the history of God's church, His people, and how closely tied songs are to to who we are in Him and how we express ourselves. That music is is sort of, you know, even if you're not musically gifted, um, there's something about music that God uses to draw us to Him and and to draw out of us. I don't know our our our, our the true self, right? As as we're sort of figuring out who God is and who we are and how do we deal with things in life, and uh, it's just it's just a powerful. Um, I think God, given part of our DNA as people, yeah. for the most yeah. part, um, music is just, is has that power. I mean, there, there's a place one of the prophets said that as he was prophesizing, he had he had music playing in the background. Uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about that how how that how that works. And um, you know, I, I just would encourage you. You can go to Crosswinds Church and you can look at our services, but just sort of get an idea. Uh, of uh, Dave's heart for worship and, you know, uh, what he's doing with the team. If you're not a part of the church or part of the church, you already know it. Um, what, what I love uh, about Dave, I'm going to pick on you for a little bit. I probably picked on you more than anyone else when I could just what I like because I'm a groupie. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but the reality of it is your heart. You, you talked about that, but, but when you're – and we're going to dig in this a little more next week, so this is a teaser. But you lead out of – your heart for God. I, I can tell that. That it's not just about leading a song. It's not just about doing a gig mm-hmm. on the weekend. You're leading people into an expression of who God is, what God is doing in you. And, and so talk about that just for a little bit. We'll, we'll dig in that deeper next week, but just in your discipleship, and you talked about sometimes, because I see it when you're up there leading, and, and all of a sudden it just hits you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm, I'm doing that. You know, it's hitting me where I'm sitting, but but the reality of it is no one's looking at me while that's going on. <laughs> so talk to me about that. Well, it's what I tell the team, you know, when we're hanging out together, the worship team is, you know, it's not, we're not just there to play some music and play a gig like you were saying. Like, I just want everybody to go out there and worship and just trust that the song is going to be what it needs to be at the end of that because we're giving it our all and we're just we're truly worshiping and so everybody in the congregation is is really just joining with us um we may be up front but we're just inviting you to join with and yeah the audience is an audience of one yes we worship right. the lord yeah and so uh hopefully yeah that's what comes out is you know it's just authentic worship uh because that's what's flowing from the heart of all of us hopefully but you know that's that's definitely what God's put in, in me. And I just want to share that with whoever I'm around. You know, let's let's go together. Let's worship. I love it. I love it. So w- what last words of advice? And I do encourage you, you'll definitely want to tune in next week. I say tune in as if people actually tune in anymore. But uh, uh, you want to definitely listen to the podcast next week as as we continue and talk a little bit more about the, the ministry you have as worship uh, arts pastor here at Crosswinds, but what this week, what would be your final words that you would share with those who are listening to us? Well, I think this isn't so much to do with like worship and music, but what's what's been on my heart so much lately is just how much God has us in his hands. And what I, I've been reminding basically anybody I'm around, so I'm going to take this chance, is that uh, God loves you so much. Anybody who's listening, uh, he loves you so much. And if you have Christ, then you have 100% with him 
uh, and you'll not have any less. He doesn't love you less. If, if you screw up, uh, we all screw up, but he doesn't love you less. Um, he loves you perfectly, and, and, and we can rely on that, and we can take solace in that fact that I think that, that he's always there with us. We can, we can trust in him, and um, he loves us so, so much. And I think uh, when people say things like, Oh, you know, my pastor, he's anointed, he, he's, he's closer with God than me, that that's, that's not true. You and I, we hear those kind of things, and it's, it's not true. Uh, if you have Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. I mean, it doesn't get any closer, right? He's in you. And so just remember that. He loves you. He's in you. He's with you. Hmm. That's hmm. what I want to share. Uh. <laughs> Well, I think, uh, you know, just in the few moments we've had together, you can see why I love this guy. Um, he is real. Uh, he has a heart for God, a heart for people. Um, Dave, you know, one of the things I heard years ago, and I've sort of adopted it too, you know, if you've heard me preach, I've said it, uh, you know, um, those who, who are furthest from God are closest to his heart. And I don't mean he loves them more, yeah. but any parent understands when there's a mm-hmm. when there's a child who is going through a rough time, um, they get some. They get attention, you know, and not mm. in a bad way, not in a way that you're not paying attention to others. But your heart is just breaking for them because you know right. what what what, you, what what the Lord has for them. And you may be listening to this and, and thinking, "Man, I'm so far from God," but I want you to know you're so close to His heart. I That's mean, right. He, you you are on His mind. He loves you. He's mm-hmm. pursuing you. And uh, and I tell you, I, I know that's on Dave's heart. Dave, Dave is, is is someone who every week he, he's he's praying, he's leading, he, he's helping us understand that as a church family. And so, you know, if you're in the area, by the way, if you're not part of Crosswinds, uh, I encourage you to come on out and check us out live here on our Candagua campus. If you if that scares you a little bit, go online. You can you can you can certainly uh, start out there at Crosswinds.church. Um, but I, I look forward to continuing this conversation uh, next week. Uh, with Pastor Dave, um, you'll want to awesome. you'll want to definitely listen in as we as we go a little further about the, really the ministry of, of what he does here at Crosswinds. Um, for you, all, of you, all of you who are listening, again, uh, check us out at Crosswinds.Church. You learn about the podcast, learn about what we're doing here. Uh, but for now, uh, be blessed and bless others. Mm-hmm.